and thank you for tuning in for the Seven Millennial Podcast, a community dedicated to ambitious and successful millennials. And today with us, we have Mandy Balak. She's a serial entrepreneur, a tech founder, a coach, a visionary, activator, and truly an inspiration. She's leading two companies. One of them is Date Night, which is a platform that makes Date Night fun, exciting, and stress-free. The other one is Ace Collective. It's a community that was created to empower, motivate, and support women. It's all about activating meaningful conversations, cultivating connections and community, and empowering each other to live our fullest lives. And with that, please welcome Mandy. Hi, Mandy. Hello. How are you, Maria? Good. How are you? I am good. I just got my green smoothie here, so ready to take on the day. Okay. What's in the green smoothie? Lettuce on the secret. It's basically like I make like a kitchen sink smoothie whenever I make my smoothies. I'm like, what is everything that is going on in my fridge? There's some avocado in here today, some spinach, a little protein, some celery, and I don't know what else, but it's not sweet at all. Now, what kind of protein do you use? I use Aura Nutrition. My girlfriend actually owns the company. She should be on your interview as well. But I use Aura's uh, amazing vanilla protein. It's so good. I like it. I like it. And then what else do you do in the morning? A workout? You know, own the morning, own the day. I love my morning routine. So I get up, I do a little journaling, make some hot water with lemon, pot of coffee, move my body in some way. I've got a Peloton membership at home. So it's kind of like choose your own adventure. I did a bar, a 20 minute bar class this morning, which was great. And then if it's a Monday or Friday, I'm hosting an Instagram live to get the community pumped up. Then I write my to-do list and then I start my day. I like it. So what time do you wake up and how long does the morning routine take you? It depends. I set my alarm for 6 a.m. Most days that's like, you know, you get up, you got to have a little bit of grace when you need a little bit more rest or stayed up late uh, the night before. So it's not a perfect science all of the time, but uh, 6 a.m. out of bed. And then 8.30 is when I would jump on and do a morning mindset live for the community. So I want to make sure that I've set my day up before I do that. So my morning routine is about two hours and that's like taking time for myself prioritizing, writing my list. So I go into the day organized, 8.30, jump on a morning live. And then 9am, I generally am into work. So whether that's just working on the most important things in my business, or it might be a team meeting, something like that. But um, it helps me feel ready, you know, especially right now in in 2020, like anything can, can be thrown at us on any given day. And so having that morning routine really helps me feel in control. And like I prioritize myself so that I can, you know, show up stronger for for others. And if things go a little sideways. Morning routine is essential unless you don't have a morning routine and that's how you you roll. Then it's also essential to have some time for yourself. Now, what time are you usually done your day? I try and be in bed by 1030 and I take a break like because I'm up early, I get going. I try and shut down work about 4.30 or 5 p.m. I'll take the dog out for a walk. I'll hang out with my husband. We might have a glass of wine, have dinner. We make dinner together at home. We do that every day now that we don't go out. (laughs) So we make dinner together at home. And then generally I pick my work back up again about 7.30 or 8 o'clock. And I have an evening shift of things to do. That might be, you know, doing some work from the meetings that I had earlier that day or some coursework or learning or reading, something like that. But um, it's, you know, sort of the last two hours of the day are also committed to work. What are you learning right now? The courses you mentioned, what is the new and the most exciting thing you've learned so far? Wow. This year has been a learning curve. There's been so much. And I'll preface this by saying I had to take a break from all the learning because it was a little overwhelming for a bit. March hit and, you know, ACE is a community that is, it's about in real life experiences. And and I have two businesses and both businesses were highly impacted by the pandemic. So I went from, okay, how do we continue to build community online? How do we move our community online? How do we engage people online and connect and, and all of that. And so that was the biggest learning curve this year. And luckily I had already been using some of the technology like Zoom before, but it was an entire rebuild of what our technology platforms look like, how to host community online and all of that. And so that's been my biggest learning this year was, you know, the big pivot from moving 
in real life experiences where you have hugs and can, you know, curate the experience and see people in real life to moderating and building and growing and connecting people in the online space. So that's sort of the ongoing, right? I'm, I'm constantly looking at what's out there, what technology is out there, how are people connecting, how do we overcome Zoom fatigue now that we're online all of the time, how to keep people engaged, right? And so, you know, I really have to up my game as, as a coach in asking the right questions and getting people involved in conversations when there's so much noise. This year is so distracting, right? So that's sort of the big thing. And I'll say, you know, I burnt out big time this summer of learning and had to take a break. And what I realized during that break is, you know, you come to a point of, hey, I know enough and now I need to implement And if you continue to just go down that cycle of, I need to know more in order to do this, I need to know more in order to have this conversation or this to work out, you can stay in this paralyzed state of not taking action because you're still in a learning space. And I really believe that you, you know, you sort of need to do something, even if it's wrong, it's going to provide movement in your life and it's going to provide like a new path you know, sometimes you need to take a break from the learning and start doing. And that's what I needed to do this summer. So I'm not so much in a learning mode right now. I'm in a, I'm in an execution doing mode and out there just connecting and listening to the community. So I love that you mentioned that because I totally agree with it. Um, A lot of people get stuck in the perpetual learner or student mindset. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea is execution is always key, right? You make mistakes, iterate, and do it all over again, and practice makes perfect, and that's what separates good from, I guess, great. And I guess, since you've brought up the businesses, that is the exciting part I wanted to really dive in. You have your podcast, Ace Talks. I've listened to the trailer, and uh, you really share a lot about your personal experience, where you've been, how you've come to where you are. So if somebody wants to learn more, there's 25 minutes recorded and it summarizes everything. Mm. But just for people who don't know, could you summarize things so people know what businesses you're responsible for and what you've been through and how you ended up with uh, Ace right now? For sure. And you know, you say that and I'm like, I need to go back and I think I need to do a new trailer because a lot has changed even since I recorded that two years ago, maybe three years ago. I don't know. So much has evolved and, and I am a believer in the constant process and the constant evolution and our constant growth. And you know, you say you listen to the trailer and I was like, oh, that's only a part of the puzzle. So if you go back and listen to my trailer, great. And know that we're always still a work in progress and, and in process, right? And that's very much so what I believe in has really been the foundation of the businesses that I have started. And I have founded and bootstrapped three businesses from the ground up. I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years. My first business was created as a result of my university school project in my third year of university in NT381 introduction to entrepreneurship, which I took as a sort of a bonus class that I thought was going to be, you know, one of those easy credits classes. Turns out my entire life was about to change. (laughs) And it was the only class I never missed one single class for in my entire school career. And that's because I'm very much so in love with the entrepreneurial process. I think it's, uh, it's really exciting. And I've always had a lot of ideas and I didn't know what to do with them. And um, becoming an entrepreneur was a really natural thing for me. My first business was called uh, Date Night and it's still alive and well here in Calgary. It's a guide for everything to do in the city. So if you're looking for ideas on what to do for date night, you got to find your own date, but we'll help you plan it. Uh, it's an advertising platform essentially for restaurants and entertainment-based businesses and service-based businesses that uh, cater to couples. And when I started that business, I really thought I was going to change the world and in how people connect because relationships are something that is very important to me. It always has been very important to me. And my struggle at that time in my life was 
the constant fight that would happen on Friday night with my boyfriend at the time, which was, hey, what do you want to do for dinner tonight? I'm married now, not to that guy, but uh, to a different gentleman. And we still have that same argument that comes up. And so I know uh, if you're in a relationship, you're probably nodding your head right now like, oh yeah, why is it so hard to figure out what to eat on the weekends? That's why I started that. And that led me down the path. You know, I pounded pavement. I had a whole bunch of struggles at the beginning and getting that business up and running. I didn't realize I was starting a technology company because it was all based in, you know, a web platform. And think back to 2011, 2012, we didn't have Instagram or it was just in its infancy at that time. And, um, you know, I worked with a developer and built a site that ended up not working after investing $50,000, which is a whole nother story. But when I started that first business, I was faced with a lot of adversity and a lot of struggle and had to figure it out on my own. And so I learned how to rebuild a website on my own. I learned how to do all the things, sell the things, and actually built a really cool community and a really cool company based out of that mission. And then I wanted more. And then I started talking to my customer. I started realizing that there was something sort of missing from the business that I had created that led me to create another business. And it was sort of a supplementary media company that was a, a magazine, a printed publication, actually, which is crazy in a world that is so digital and, and was evolving so digital there that I created an analog company, which was, hey, let's put stories of amazing people and millennials and you know, people making an impact in our world into a hardcover and to pages. And we had about a two year run on that before I unfortunately had to let that business go. Lots of lessons in that and um, really grateful for those lessons. There's a lot of gifts that can happen when things don't go as planned. And the best gift that I got from having to shut down that company was finding myself and finding myself helped me build what is the ACE community. And ACE really represents my heart and it is a business that is about supporting women to be the best version of themselves to, like I said, be always in process and in progress and also build community with each other. And my experience with women hasn't always been celebrating. Positive? Yeah, positive. You know, it's, there's in, in the past, I've had a lot of judgment from other women. And, you know, as I was growing up, I really had a lot more guy friends that I did girlfriends because I felt like girls were mean. So when I built Ace out of this time in my life that I was suffering from a failure and a loss of a business, I realized that I didn't have the people in my life that I could be real with. And I didn't have the inner circle around me of people that I could talk about the hard stuff with. And I got really sick of talking about the weather. And if you notice, like, who do you talk about the weather with? Or who do you talk about the deep, real stuff that's going on in your life with? I just realized that there was a big gap there. And I didn't know that I was starting another business at this time. I just knew that I wanted a place for women to be real. I started by creating this brunch series that was all about bringing women founders out for brunch and sharing the real talk, the real stuff behind running a business and their journey, you know, not just the stuff we see on Instagram, but the tough things and creating a space for that. And so that turned into another event and another event and another event. And we started to see some success with this experience created out of being vulnerable and being real. And that led me to build the company and the business that is ACE, which is about creating community that can energize you, excite you, inspire you to be the best version of yourself personally, professionally. And that's given us an opportunity to grow across the country. We've had events across Canada, conferences, podcast, and now an online community to continue to meet you where you're at and the support that you need now. So it's been almost four years. January will be four years since I started the ACE class. It's now evolved to the ACE Collective. 
And, uh, you know, really this global pandemic has given us the opportunity to look at community different and to expand our community. So I think that's the Coles notes, which isn't even the Coles notes. There's a lot there, but thank you so much for sharing it. I, I love how you mentioned, you know, the failures and the businesses that you started prior because it's not an overnight success. And A's is an amalgamation of all the lessons, as you mentioned, that you've learned all the way here. I guess the question would be, if you could recommend someone who is starting their entrepreneurial journey, maybe one of the lessons you learned through your personal experience, what would that be? Yeah, mentorship is really, really important. Finding a mentor. When I was in university, I remember I was like sort of walking around the halls like, will you be my mentor? Will you be my mentor? Can I find a mentor? And I remember talking to my teachers. I'm like, where do I get a mentor? How do I find a mentor? I would sit down for coffee with whoever would give me 10 minutes of their time. And eventually I took enough people out for coffee and I got 10 minutes of free advice at a time that I was able to start my company and and make a move. And every cup of coffee I bought, I would learn something else that inspired me to take action. And there's so much value in people that have been there before and have, you know, carved their own path or trailblazed before. And I believe so much that we should always be opening doors for people that are behind us. You know, if you can find someone that can be so generous with a coffee, a 10 minute phone call, or you know what, you don't even need to meet someone face to face these days. The beauty of the internet is there's so much content for free and you can build mentors that you never even meet. Like Oprah is my mentor. She doesn't even know it, but one day we'll meet and I'll tell her. Brene Brown, she's my mentor, but one day, you know, we'll meet and I'll tell her that too. But you can jump on, you know, find someone that's in your space and watch their YouTube channel religiously, subscribe to their podcast religiously, subscribe to their content and and you're going to be in many different seasons in, in your startup journey. You know, you might just be trying to hone in on your idea or you might be trying to start your website for the first time or raise your first dollar or make your first sale, whatever that is. And so you might have different mentors in all those different spaces. So find your mentors and study them, study success, success leaves clues, right? And so who are the people that you admire? Follow them. Now, what kind of books or resources, podcasts are you consuming and what would you recommend for all of us that we should get into? Really depends where you're at. So I would say, what are your gaps? What are your weaknesses? And then find people that can support you there, right? So for me, if I could go back and start my journey over again, the book that I wish that I read before I started my business was Profit First. It's by Mike Michalowicz and it's called Profit First. And a lot of entrepreneurs sort of have this badge of honor that they're not paying themselves. And you need money for your mission. You need money for your mission and you got to pay yourself. So find a way (laughs) and educate yourself on how you can start building a company that is sustainable and can pay you as the founder. I worked for free for years and I thought that that was okay. And if you're the founder, the visionary, the lifeblood of your business, you need support to do that and you need a paycheck. So starting early on that, it's a great, great book. So that would be one of my top recommendations, one of my favorite entrepreneurship books. Who else is really, really inspiring? I use the entrepreneurial operating system within my business, which is also a process and a proven method that can help you build an organizational framework. And that might sound like a lot of words to you right now, but your systems and processes are going to be what keep your business alive. And having a plan to help keep you focused. It's a bit of a dry read. It's a bit like a school textbook. But again, one of the books I wish I had read from the beginning, and it's called Traction. And Traction is by Wickman. And there's a whole bunch of books under the EOS model. What the heck is EOS? Traction. Those are really, really great books. And you know who else is really great when you're starting out? Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, Good old Gary V will give you the kick in the pants to realize that you got to do the work. And, you know, when you're starting out, yeah, you got to put in a lot of hours maybe and sacrifice working a full-time job and trying to get your business off the ground. Yes, I believe in that. And I also believe in taking care of yourself and being well. Also finding some resources that can help you balance your mental health, your well-being, your nutrition. How are you fueling and nourishing your body? Your business is only going to be as strong as you are and as healthy as you are. So systems, organization, 
money for your mission and then take care of yourself. I love it. Thank you. I'm a big fan of Gary. He's one of my mentors, the ones that, you know, he doesn't yeah. know, but if I meet him, I'll tell him because yeah. it's just sometimes you just need to pick me up. And he always says that he only has 10 or 15 things that he always talks about, which makes it easier to consume because it's always around the same concepts. But it just sounds very different every single time he says shit. So it's I good. Know. I go through seasons with Gary because sometimes I'm like, okay, this is a season of hustle and I need Gary. And then I go through seasons of, you know, like we said, like at the beginning, your seasons of learning or seasons of execution, you're going to have different people that are going to help you during those times. And Gary is sort of the guy that it's like, okay, hustle, do the work, execute, execute, deliver, like create 7,000 pieces of content in one day. <laughs> and then I need to go on a Gary break for a bit and be like, okay, now we need to just flow and take care of yourself and sleep. <laughs> it's the same. It's, it's uh, up and down. It's like a roller coaster. I yeah. totally agree with you. Now you mentioned balance and you are running two businesses. The Date Night YYC is still running. I'm sure you're still involved in it. How do you manage two businesses, a podcast, a bunch of other stuff, growth, everything else in between, having a dog, having a husband? What's your process and what are your tips? Time discipline equals time freedom. And I am very, very disciplined with my time. Everything is scheduled down to the minute, which might sound anxiety inducing for people, but it actually gives me a lot of peace that my most important things and my most important priorities are always in my calendar. And that allows me to, you know, just also not worry about it. I'm like, okay, I know that's always going to happen because I have a time set in my calendar for it. My calendar is a series of repeating events that happens. My most important priorities happen in the day. I don't take external meetings between 9am and 11 because during 9 and 11, I need to focus on my most important things. And so that is what does my team need in my business? What are the things that are going to push my business forward? What are the main priorities that I have? And I want to make sure I have enough energy and focus to get those things done before anyone else is demanding my energy and my time. So 9 to 11 is designated work time for me from Monday to Thursday, 9 to 11. I do my team meetings recurring. So once a week, we have a team meeting, making sure everyone on my team is set up, has what they need. We can easily, you know, talk about roadblocks where anyone is stuck and then make sure everyone's taken care of. My husband and my uh, weekly date night is in the calendar. And yes, we have dinner together every night right now because of COVID. But you know, some nights we watch TV and, or like a movie. We don't actually have cable, um, but like Netflix or something like that. So it's sort of passive time. But when we have intentional time, that's date night and um, that's scheduled. And then I have white space as well, right? And so you need that. And I schedule when my workouts are. We already talked about my morning routine. It's the most important thing. And that allows me to get everything done. And there's sort of a reframe of busyness that I have had to do over the years where it's one thing to be really busy and it's another thing to get things done. So what's taking up time in your day-to-day? -day? If you find that your main priorities are not happening, then you need to prioritize them, which is why I put them in the morning. So calendar, time discipline equals time freedom. Schedule everything and see what you can automate. So if you notice that you're doing the same thing all the time or you're constantly looking for the same information all the time, how can you hack that? Workflows. Uh, there's an amazing thing called Zapier. You can zap everything. And so you can make systems talk to everything. If you book a calendar with me, I send you a Calendly link so we don't have to send five emails back and forth to figure it out. There's tons of technology out there that can support being efficient in your life. And the reason I do that is because freedom is important to me and my life is important to me. So it's about getting in, get the work done, get out, go live your life. I love it. So then what are the tech hacks are you using for ACE and Date Night while I see? I schedule a lot of my emails. So I use HubSpot as my CRM. Gmail does this as well. You don't need to invest in anything else if you've got a Gmail. So you can, you know, time block when you're going to write your emails for the week or take care of your correspondence. So I tend to do it on Sunday uh, evenings or on Monday mornings. I'll look at when I need to get back to people and I'll schedule maybe like 30 minutes or 45 minutes where I'm going in responding to a bunch of things and then set them at timers to go out. 
That's a big thing. I schedule my content for the week on Sunday nights. So anyone that is posting on their own social media for your business or personally that is important for your business, doing it in real time takes you twice as long because you're constantly getting pulled in like, oh shit, I should post something. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. You can repurpose content. You can repurpose, you know, blogs, you can repurpose Instagram posts, Instagram lives, anything like that with a little bit of thought and intention. And you can do it one time. So Sunday night, I put everything into later. So that's another tool that I use. Planoli is another one. Um, There's a bunch of free platforms out there, but how can you schedule it, set it and forget it for all the content that you're posting? That's a good one. And then as far as uh, communication with my team, we use Slack, which is a great tool to stay organized and connect, have all of our conversations in a way that's, you know, just really easy to do. And then zapping things. So I have basically my Squarespace website, my, you know, where email subscribers land, where membership signups happen. I schedule different triggers so that things happen, right? Someone gets a welcome email and that happens through Flowdesk, which is my email provider that I use. And then it notifies me so that it triggers something else, right? So it's just setting up your systems and your tools and there's lots of workarounds. So I like it. Thank you for sharing that. I, I think that's very beneficial. I mean, I totally agree with scheduling your content once a week or once a month for the rest and not doing it daily because it just steals your attention and your energy. Just yeah. And it's it. always in the back of your mind. I think that's the thing is that just like we declutter our closets, we need to declutter our minds. And you know that helps with the health of our businesses is, are you focused on the right things? And if you're focused on things that you need to be doing or you should be doing or that's coming up to doing, um, it's going to take away your energy from moving your business forward. So as clear as you can get by time blocking things that need to happen every week, the better. Calendly is another thing I mentioned. That's another tool that I use for scheduling, which is another free tool through Google. Now that COVID has been with us for the past six, seven months, how do you see your businesses have changed and what are the good, the bad things that happened over the past six, seven months? And then I guess, what's the plan going forward? What opportunities are you seeing? Yeah, I think that there's certainly um, been a lot of struggle and a lot of gifts in the struggle. That's sort of a, a reframe that we can all have the control over in a year that's so out of control. You know, when we take our control back and get empowered on the struggles that we have, you can start to see opportunities. And Overnight in March, when COVID hit, both of my business lost basically 100% of our business. And that was a big wake up call for me because it's like, you know, I had everything in one basket. And I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and I always coach this, right? You got to have multiple different revenue streams and multiple things working for you. And, and I was so reliant on in person events. And also, you know, on the date night side of things, all of the advertisers that we worked with, their businesses were shut down. So when our partners are shut down, we have no business. So that was alarming. And, you know, that's given us an opportunity to think about, hey, how do we create something really approachable and really accessible? What technology is available? What do consumers need? We've been able to work with partners on the creative side to say, hey, How can we help you evolve the services that you're offering? How can we do date night at home? How can we create experience boxes if there's another shutdown in the fall or in the winter? We don't know what's happening next, right? So that's just gotten us closer to our business partners and our paid customers in saying, hey, how can we collaborate and work together? And there's been a lot of cool innovations and things coming out there. We're still not back to 100%. And, you know, we might not be until you know, there's a vaccine and people are comfortable really going out again. But there's certainly some exploration there. That's a nice gift that will also come with us when things do return to more normal. On ACE class or ACE collective, it's been really a gift, honestly, because overnight, we canceled all of our events, we canceled our conference, it was sorry, we can't see each other in person right now. But we are not going to give up on community and we're going to show up. And this is, you know, the act of doing. Sometimes you just got to show up and you got to do even if you don't know what it's going to look like, right? And so March hit and I'm like, people need support right now. People need community. People need connection more than ever. We're isolated at home. Some people don't have partners. So they're living alone. They don't have roommates. They're living at home alone. And social isolation is not something that we should be 
tolerating, even though we have to socially distance. Um, I got up every morning. We did 100 days straight, actually, of Instagram lives on the ACE Instagram feed for Morning Mindset, just conversations to start our day. We built an entirely new membership platform that helps host all of the online experiences that we're creating right now. We started courses and education-based events. A lot of our community is entrepreneurial. And so the things that we're offering is, hey, how do we actually support you to run, grow, scale, keep your business alive right now? And how do we make sure that you feel supported in community because community always, always, always makes us stronger. So we saw really great engagement from that. And, you know, we're sort of building the plane as we're flying it, but we're flying it and we're asking people for what they need and people are showing up. So we're hosting two weekly virtual events right now. So tons of events happening. We're hosting weekly virtual co-working meetups so that, you know, just something simple, like knowing someone else is there when you're working, which is great. We're exploring our Rise conference as a very intimate live event in November. And so we're looking at different technology that can also provide a virtual experience for that. So you can attend live and virtually. And so it actually makes our community more accessible. It makes it accessible for someone that is at home and maybe they have kids at home. And so their struggle was getting to our events in the first place. So we're still seeing attendance rise, which is awesome. Or maybe you can't make the event times, but now we have replays of events. So you can schedule the time into your calendar and watch when it works for you. Right. And so I think there's a lot of benefits that are coming out of that. And it's going to strengthen our business in the long run that we also have a really great, digital platform for community that can take the in real life to the next level and can provide opportunities to meet each other, support each other, online profiles, connecting and things like that. I think the platform that we've invested in is really like LinkedIn for specifically for ACE members or like a Kijiji specifically for ACE members, but it's also beautiful. It's way nicer than Kijiji. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm like, it's not just like that, but like, check it out. You, you yeah, understand. like check it out. Like it's way better. <laughs> it's way better. It's so way I guess better. that brings me to the question of, you know, with the memberships, because I know you are in a few cities in Canada in U.S. and globally? Well, right now, it's just Canada. We're all global now. We are all global companies. We all have the global economy at our fingertips now, which is amazing. And so we are open for expansion. There's no limit, no barrier to anybody that can join our membership community right now. We have a woman from Belgium attending our event on Wednesday. So no idea how she found out of our event, but that is really cool. And I've got a couple speakers at, at an event tomorrow that are, are based out of Chicago. It's really cool to be able to expand our worldview and to think outside of what we know and the community that we're in, right? I think that really leads to an enriching experience of life is hearing about other people's experiences and contributing to each other's experiences. So there is value for sure in maybe knowing people locally that you can do business with or meet up for a coffee in person with. And there's also incredible value in having a global community at your fingertips, right? So I really want a member in Japan. It's sort of my goal. So if anyone listening to this is in Japan or knows of anyone in Japan, DM me. I'll give you a free membership if you're in Japan. <laughs> Why Japan? International member would be really incredible. My vision for my company is, you know, that as many women as possible are living their truth, living their best life and have a community behind them to do that, right? So, so the more women that we can impact, I think the more of a ripple effect that we can have in the women's lives that are a part of our community. And, you know, when you're energized by life, and you know, you have the support behind you, you do big things. Like, you know, you start the business, you take it to the next level, you stretch a little outside your comfort zone. I think there's a huge ripple effect there. I think that every member has a 5X impact on their communities when they are supported. 
And, you know, someone might come to one of our events and a member might come to one of our events and get inspired. And then they're going to go talk to the five people that they spend the most time with, and they're going to make a positive influence in their life. So let's grow. We're all global now. (laughs) I love it. So the question I guess I would have is how do you guys market the platform, the membership, the community? Are there any tools you're using? Any kind of secrets that you'd like to share? Because I know growing on Instagram is not that easy these days. And everybody who's starting their new business, they're trying to grow on the platform, but the algorithms are not making it easy for them to do that. Is there anything you would suggest? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, you don't need, need to spend money on your advertising, especially when you're just getting started. What's really important rather than trying to get a thousand customers out of the gate is get one customer out of the gate. And the way that you do that is by building trust. And the way you build trust is by being authentic and showing up as yourself and then be consistent. So you could create something, uh, you could do, you know, an Instagram live once a week or post a video on how to once a week. Be consistent with the content. Exactly like you said, Maria, earlier about like, you know, Gary Vee talks about only just a few different things. So consuming his content is really easy because you know what to expect. That also allows you to sort of binge content because you know you can get a lot of value. So let's just imagine that you are, you know, a cleaning company. Well, you could post at home how-to tips on cleaning once a week. Actually, a really cool story. Someone based out of Calgary, they have a cleaning company. And before COVID, their revenue was all like at-home cleaning and they were doing one-on-one cleans. They obviously couldn't do that. So they posted a weekly how to, you know, do your sheets at home, how to, it's all DIY clothing stuff. They just reached a million followers and they were at 4,000 followers. So this is in an example of how you can really, really, really build trust and build relationships, build your following completely organically by delivering value. So show up. What can you do consistently once a week, tip Tuesday or feature Friday or whatever, come up with your own thing that's unique to you, not, you know, what everyone else is doing and then make it a consistent thing. Instagram also prefers, and um, you mentioned the algorithm. If you do what Instagram wants you to do, you're going to be favored in the algorithm. So right now, Instagram reels are really popular. Using Instagram reels is going to put you higher and rank you higher in the algorithm. Instagram really likes video. So use video and they're going to also rank you higher. Upload your content to IGTV and then also put it on YouTube. You know, a couple things you could do for your own DIY is, you know, just thinking about the SEO and the, the language that you're using in your editorial blogs, on your website, in your Google business listing, on your YouTube channel, wherever it is, just be really consistent And those platforms are going to start to recognize and learn what you're offering, which can help you stand out without spending a single dollar on your ads. I built day night. We're at like 93,000 Instagram followers. I've never paid for a dollar in advertising ever, never done it. And that's all been through contests and social media engagement. So the contests are great because they give people a reason to tag their friends and grow a following. Contests, I think, are a really great free way to get some attention. And with Ace Class or Ace Collective, I do video and I show up twice a week consistently right now, now that we've had a little bit of a summer break. We did 100 days in a row of Morning Mindset Live, but now I just do Mondays and Fridays, start the week and end the week together. And I have, you know, consistent people that are showing up, but the replay gets a lot of views and then we put it on our IGTV channel. So lots of things that you can do for free, deliver value, be consistent, work on trust one customer at a time. And those people are going to be loyal and follow you and also talk to those people and ask them what they want. And it's going to help you guide your next step or your next marketing campaign or your next product that you create. I love it. Thank you for sharing all the tips. Now everyone should start DIY about how to clean their clothes and sheets. (laughs) Grow to a million followers. Right. I know. But you know, this year has been the year of the pivot, right? And so a lot of a lot of businesses are rethinking how you show up right now. And sometimes your initial customer that you created your business for, they no longer need what you're providing, right? And so you have to move with them. You have to move with them. You got to listen to the people that are going to buy your services 
and show up for them. And that might take you down a completely different path, but it might open up a completely new opportunity. So I'll tell you right now that cleaning lady is not going to be cleaning any houses anytime soon. She's now getting brand endorsements from Tide Pods and cleaning products, right? Method, like all of that. So she's getting endorsements. That's her new revenue opportunity, not $100 an hour to clean someone's house. I love this kind of stories because it really shows you that, you know, the opportunities are still out there. You just have to go and find a new way of doing things, find your own method and figure this thing out. Now, (laughs) what do you think is going to be the next big idea in 2021? Like what should we prepare for and jump on the wagon? Is it TikTok? Is it something new? TikTok 2.0? There's got to be something new. I mean, I deleted TikTok from my phone early on. I was like, this is distracting. I cannot do this. People love TikTok. I know this is the Savvy Millennial podcast and lots of millennials listen. I'm like, I'm sure y'all love TikTok. I can't get any work done with TikTok on my phone. So, you know, you sort of like open it up and then you're like watching wiener dog videos for two hours and it's like, what the heck happened? I think there's got to be something new. It's interesting to see Instagram reels Facebook and Instagram own everything. So there's got to be something new, but I don't know what it is. Like, I think reels are a really great place to get noticed and it's easy to use and keeps it all all on one platform. I'm all about simplicity. And uh, if I've got to go into multiple platforms, like you lose me, right? So learning one thing really well, I think is also some, some good advice is like, what resonates with you? Are you really good on video? Are you really good at writing? Are you really good at talking? Like that might help you choose what platform you choose and do consistently. Maybe you start a podcast because you're really good at interviewing people. Maybe you're really good at taking photos. So Instagram makes sense to you. Maybe you love video. So, you know, doing IGTV makes sense. Or maybe you're just like a really good dancer and really creative and you need TikTok. I think it's such a personal preference. So I like video. So I would prefer to just get on a video at any time of day and say a message than try and think about writing out a caption for a post. Like I'm like, this takes too long. Yeah. You see, I'm the opposite. I love, I love writing a video is, I would just not know what to do. And I mean, I can dance. I've been told that if you just watch a lot of TikTok and you get a lot of ideas and you consume a lot, then you can create. So I did that for two months and I was like, now I'm just consuming (laughs) and it doesn't work for me. So I'm the same as you. I hit pause on the TikTok button and I'm just waiting for something else to come up to jump on the wagon. So to take a little pivot, I know that James is the husband uh, that you've been mentioning throughout the episode and he has his own business. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can share about it, obviously. But how do you guys keep things balanced? And, uh, you know, being a power couple, it's not always easy working together 24 seven, not always easy. How do you guys manage it? Yeah. So my husband, James, he has an incredible business as well, Righteous Gelato, and you can get it in any grocery store across Canada as well. They actually just are expanding to the US right now, which is amazing. It was previously called Fiasco Gelato. I'm always very inspired by him. And that's really one of the reasons that I think we connected and really hit it off in the first place is that we are so aligned in our values and our work ethic. And it's the thing that we talk about all of the time is how to work smarter or new ideas and vision or how to, you know, build our teams or build a culture or any of that. And I don't know if the balance exists all the time. I think it also, it energizes us though. And that's what we have really in common is, is our love for business. I can always count on James for, you know, a good pep talk when I need it and similar to me. So we bring our business challenges to each other and support each other through them. That's really the foundation of our relationship. One of them, at least. Uh, We also have a lot of fun together and we enjoy drinking cocktails and bowling when we were able to go bowling in, in real life and traveling when we could go travel. But we always make time for each other and we always make time for adventure and fun and connection. And that's really important. So I think, you know, I shared that I prioritize our date night. It's in my calendar. We have a lot of little things that we prioritize 
for with each other that keeps us grounded and connected. And even when we've got a lot going on in our businesses, it's little things that are really key. So morning coffee, we don't skip morning coffee together. And um, it's simple. It's 15 minutes and it's a quick check-in of, hey, how are you? What do you have going on today? What do you want for dinner tonight? Little things like that. And sometimes when we're in, you know, periods of, of sprints or, or both of us have, you know, one of us has maybe more going on in the other, then you just sort of support that person. Right now, I've got a really busy couple of weeks. We've reimagined our membership. We've got a, a big launch coming up this week. I've got two full day planning retreats with my community this week. And so I've been locked in my office for the past week and, and James has been making dinner and delivering that to my office and, you know, supporting me a little bit more than he, he normally would. And, and he's sort of helping carry the weight of that. And similarly, I would do that for him, you know, so it's just connecting about how can I show up for you today is really important. And sometimes we just need uh, someone to vent to, and sometimes we need someone to solve our problems, but just connecting, connecting on that. So you know how to show up best. I love it. I love it. So then I guess when things don't go well, how to get out of like, you know, the low period, either in relationship or in business, like how do you deal with the days when things seem to be falling apart? Everything is just going wrong. What do you do? Come back to what you can control <laughs> and be present in the moment. We do a gratitude practice and gratitude, I feel like is a really great grounding practice. You can do at any time, especially when you feel out of control. And if you're really having a bad day, sometimes gratitude is hard to even acknowledge, but you can pick the littlest thing. I'm grateful for having this time with you. I'm grateful for the roof over our head. If you can do this often, gratitude attracts more reasons to be grateful. And the more often that you are sharing your gratitude with someone else, uh, the more connected that you feel with them as well. So what are you grateful for? It's a great question when you're in sort of a dark moment. And that's not to bypass the struggle and not to bypass the dark moment. Um, you also need to be able to process the pain, not just put a Band-Aid of gratitude on that. That's not what I'm saying. But it helps you get to the present moment, which is sometimes the only thing that we can control. And then you, you, know, you just think about what's the next step. And you don't have to have it all figured out or it might not be possible to have it all figured out. But you can think about what is one thing I can do to take action? What is one thing I can do to move in the right direction or in a direction? And just movement is, is really, really important, especially in times that are really uncertain. Do something even if it's wrong, my grandpa always used to say. Well, first of all, I'm grateful that you're here with us today and spending this hour educating us. It's been amazing. Lots of amazing content, lots of great tips. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And then I guess what's next for Mandy and maybe Mandy and James or just Mandy and Ace and date night? What's next for the next few months of 2020? I know you have a 90 day challenge right now going on mm -hmm. and what's in store for 2021? Right now it's all about focus and simplifying. I think that's really, really important is picking a few things that can be done really well and doing that. And I know we're all excited to kiss 2020 goodbye, but you know, our struggles don't end on December 31st, 2020. It's about constantly building trust with ourselves that we can go after our goals, that we can make our commitments, that we can keep our habits, that we can keep our promises to ourselves. And sometimes those promises just start with, Hey, I'm going to commit to a morning routine and I'm going to do it every day. And maybe that morning routine can turn into something else or, hey, I'm going to commit to a weekly business meeting with myself or I'm going to look at my business goal, whatever it is. Start small and commit to a few things at a time. Keep it really, really simple. I'm personally limiting distractions as much as possible for the next 90 days. So I'm not taking on anything new for the rest of 2020. Everything happens in 2021, anything new. My focus right now is to go into my community to serve, to provide value, to show up, to support my team. And new ideas will always be there. There's always a plethora of them. And it's just about finishing the year with what I can finish and setting myself up for what I hope to be a better 2021. Oh, you're so right about saying, you know, setting up small things, small steps, and then keep going. Because I am 
I'm very bad at that where I'm thinking, yes, January 1st, I'm going to run 10 kilometers every day. And you do it for the first week and then you give up because you just feel like a failure when you miss one workout. So start running one kilometer a week and then build up to two kilometers a week, right? If you're going to train for a marathon or if you're going to do a marathon, you don't just show up and put your shoes on and run the marathon. You got to practice and self-trust, self-love, it all comes with practice and what you do repeatedly is who you are. So keep one little promise to yourself and it's going to show you that you can trust yourself. And when you trust yourself, you can dream bigger, you can create more, you can play bigger, but it all starts with knowing that you are capable and knowing that you can, which starts with the little things. I love it. So I guess question would be, how many goals do you set for the day, for the year? Is there a specific number that you like to focus on? I do three things a day, three important things a day. Of course, tons of other tasks come up, but three important things a day. What are those three things that would really like make a difference in your business? So not like a to-do list, but three important things, uh, which is why they come in my priority. My priorities happen between nine and 11 in the morning that I try and do all those three things first. As far as goals for the year, I have sort of those life categories. So there's eight life categories and I pick one or two max in each one of them. So that's the whole year. And so I'm always looking to say like, what's my health and wellness goal right now? What's my financial goal right now? What is, what's my relationship goal right now? Right? You sort of look at like the wheel of life and my learning or creative goal, personal growth, business growth. And so that would be sort of my a year at a glance goals is looking across holistically in my life. When we're talking about closing out the year strong, I am focused on five things. And those five things are going to be realistic and achievable for me to focus on for the next 90 days. And I'm going to say no to everything else. I appreciate you saying yes to me. So as we are, as we are <laughs> rounding this up, we ask every guest who comes on the show, a millennial is, a millennial should be, and a millennial is not. A millennial is, we are lucky. I think millennials, we are so lucky. We have access to like so many tools. I look at my parents, I'm like, how the heck did you raise me? <laughs> and a millennial is not lazy. We are not lazy. We are ambitious. A millennial should be, we should take ownership for how we show up in the world. Oh, I love that one. Thank you very much for being here. How do listeners find you? Where do they connect with you? Where do they sign up for ACE? Tell us everything. So find me on my personal IG at Mandy Balick at the ACE Collective with an underscore on Instagram. Catch me Monday and Friday mornings, 8.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time for Morning Mindset. You want to join as a member. Right now we have a complimentary membership for 30 days. So you can find that on the website. There'll be a link to join for free. Check out our membership out at the ACE Collective. Uh, you can listen to my podcast as well at ACE Talks on any platform that you listen to. And uh, yeah, thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit of my story. I'd, I'd love to hear if you're taking away anything from this. Feel free to reach out to me. Send me a DM. I can be your mentor from afar. <laughs> thank you, Mandy. Well, you have been my mentor from afar and that's why I've reached out. So thank you for being here. I'm thank telling you. you this. I love the inspiration you provide and uh, the value that a lot of people find and highly recommend for everyone to check out Ace and maybe sign up for a membership. I mean, you've got nothing to lose and 30-day challenge, 90-day challenge is a pretty cool opportunity to finish 2020 strong. Absolutely. Yeah, do the best you can with what you got. Thank you, Mandy, for being here. So, thanks for having me. 